Hi. <laughs> hey, welcome to Powered by Explosions. Yeah. How's it going? It's going. How are you doing? Oh, staying alive. Yep. Heidi, how are you? Also staying alive? Oh, yeah. Staying alive. Cool. Cool. So, uh, uh, we just figured uh, we would create sort of like an opening video for our first video for the channel, Powered by Explosions. Um, a little bit of background into it, and then we'll get into ourselves, is that um, Derek creates videos on YouTube, um, you know, covering, how would you describe that again? Like ASMR, like fixes and tutorials? Yeah, yeah, kind of like the, the antithesis antithesis to a bunch of the standard automotive repair videos so instead of you know coming at you screaming like whoa music blasting out your ears i'm just i'll talk quietly and smoothly through all of the steps you need to repair your vehicle for this specific problem okay yeah um and then i was doing uh videos on just random toys and things that i thought was interesting for my own personal like I guess historical dialogue to myself. Um, but anyway, we, we got into a conversation. We're friends. We've known each other for quite some time. Uh, the better part, more of, more than a decade between Derek and I, and then um, the better part of a decade between Heidi and I, and then a couple of years, I guess, about a year, a year and almost a year, a little more than a year between the two of you. So um, we thought, hey, let's sort of put our efforts together and make a YouTube channel because we are all into the same stuff. We have a lot of fun doing the same stuff. Um, let's sort of, you know, pile the resources all together and um, do the same stuff together, you know, for YouTube. So uh, getting into it though, we figured we, like our storyboard sort of looks like um, introductions, individual introductions, uh, and then what individuals may want to talk about about themselves. Um, purpose of the channel, uh, which we've sort of covered a little bit, but um, we'll break it down into what you might expect to see on the channel. And we'll probably have some subject matter to talk about on those individual bullet points there. Um, and then we may or may not look at the time and say, okay, we've got time to, to jump into a subtopic today, now, and go from there. So uh, alphabetical order, Derek, you're up. Tell us a little about yourself. Well, um, so I've I've been interested in anything with an engine since I was a little kid. Um, I started modifying fireworks back in elementary school. I wanted a motorcycle, and I asked the wrong parent to give me one. So can I, I never actually... Can I interject real quick? Which one is the right parent? Which one is the wrong? Because I would assume the mom is the wrong, the dad is the right. Is that accurate? Correct. Okay. It's, you know, they're, they're still together. There's no, like, bad blood or anything. But my mom's very much into horses and riding horses. And so if I'd asked for a horse, I would have had a horse immediately. And my dad historically rode dirt bikes and drag raced uh, his Camaro back in the day and things. So if I had asked him for the motorcycle, he told me, oh, I, I could have made that happen if you'd ever asked me. It's like, wow. So that yeah. I understand correctly what you're saying. <clears throat> you said you asked the wrong parent, so you asked the mom. The mom right. says no, which means you have burned your ability to ask your dad because you, you can't have mom say no and then dad go behind her and say yes? Well, no, I, it wasn't that she said no. It was more that she said, oh, we'll see, or I'll think about it, or something to that effect, just deferring the decision so that I would hopefully forget about it. And I how never old forgot. were you at this time? Uh, I want to say I was about 
seven or eight years old. Okay. When did you actually wind up with your first motorcycle? Uh, so it wasn't until um, four years ago. So in 2019, I got a Ninja 500. Roughly how much time? Like, I'm not asking your age or anything, but roughly how much oh. time is between here? Uh, uh, what do we have? How old am I? 20-ish years or something like that? Um, About 18, no. 28, 28 years? Oh, okay. So like a while. Yeah, it was so, it was a long time. I'd argue that in a way, your mom sort of won in that you did forget. Like you didn't forget; it just was kicked so far down the road that mission accomplished. Right. Okay. And now she lives in fear that I'm going to die every time I take it out. <laughs> okay. So. Um. But yeah, other than that, you know, around that same time, like seven to ten, I was riding the ride on lawnmower. Just because, oh, it's got an engine and I can drive it. It was so cool. So I had a lot of fun with that, even for it, you know, just putting around at five miles an hour or whatever it did. Okay. Uh, I have uh, a similar story. <laughs> if we have time at the end, I have an extremely, extremely morbid thing to tell you that just went through my head when you said that. Uh-oh. But we'll get to it maybe later. Maybe we won't. Mm-hmm. All right. So more major history. Uh, sometime back in late elementary school, again, we'll say everything happened to me at eight years old. My uncle took me for a ride in something with one of these. Are you pointing at the rotor? I'm, I'm pointing at the rotor. Okay. There. There. We're not talking about a brake rotor for anybody that might just be listening to this. We're talking there. to a, a Dorito rotor, like a, a Wankel rotor. Yeah, Wankel rotary engine car. So he he had a first generation RX-7 and, you know, being a little kid, not having a firm grasp on all these concepts, he's like, yeah, it's powered by spinning triangles. So I imagine that they were orange like the gauges were in the car and they were just spinning where the pistons would be going up and down. Not quite accurate, but... uh, Not not accurate, though. Right. Um, Got reminded of rotary engines again in middle school and then late high school like february in my my final year of high school uh, i went to a friend's birthday party and one of his friends also had a first generation rx7 except it was a little different he had the larger engine he had a big fat holly carburetor on it and it was shooting 10 foot flames out the back when he took me for a ride so he put me on rx7 club and then uh what was that five months later i bought my first rx7 and that's what led to us meeting years later. Right. So another five years after that, John and I met. So this first RX-7, is that the one that's still currently in the garage? Yeah, that's the Royal Maroon, the, the red car. Right. Okay. Uh, you guys will see that um, in videos, I am sure. I Okay. So we did meet um, many years ago, and I wish that we could go back in time. Uh, maybe we'll be able to find some photos. Uh, uh, Derek, like, Derek, note this, note point, this point in the video, video like, for, um, uh, like, if we go back and do any type of editing for this video, uh, uh, note this point in the video that maybe now would be a good time. Uh, how would you mute yourself just real quick? Uh, you should note this time that maybe if you have any photos of some of the, like, the evolution of what your car looked like to what it is, like, we'll see it now in, in future videos, but, like, 
some of your historical stuff that you had under the hood of your car was a trip. Like I remember one time, like we don't have to get into the hows and whys, but one time uh, Derek had his hood open and I look and there's this, like, if you, you know, the nozzle, when you turn like a hose on a faucet on the outside of your house, Derek had that installed in his engine bay in his car. So anyway, yeah, no, I, I have a picture of the actual setup before I put it on the car. Perfect. We should pop that into this video here. So, okay. Mm -hmm. um, what are you hoping to accomplish, like, your personal contributions to the channel? What do you, Like, what do you want to accomplish for yourself? What do you want to accomplish for the channel? What are you thinking? Um, you know, obviously, hopefully this is entertaining content, if not always useful. Hopefully we can have some of both in here. Um, so we might uh, be cross-posting or redirecting the ASMR repaired videos into this channel. So hopefully helping people with some more like unusual tips and tricks about their vehicles. Um, I know there's a, a huge interest for videos about Nissan Frontiers, and I happen to have the most desirable of the VG33 Frontiers. Okay. Uh, so cool. we'll see some of that. We'll see RX-7 things motorcycle things, sea do things. You guys are going to find that uh, Heidi does a really good job of staying out of the verbal, non-serious, competitive thought processes that Derek and I have about the hows and whys and philosophies of things. But uh, as this channel evolves, um, like characters in any other YouTube video, like long-standing YouTube video that you see where there's, you know, one person here and one person here, there's different personality traits. And you guys are going to find that there is a lot of different character between the three of us. Um, like, I'm not going to say anything about Derek's preferences because it'll be a biased statement. Um, but we are very different in our philosophies about, about things. So we agree on a lot too, though. Like at the end of the day, our hearts are always... I think fairly aligned um how we get there the journey though sometimes is very different so yeah that's that's too true and that's also where the name of the channel comes from is referencing how john described the philosophy of things that he likes is i love anything powered by explosions and we were trying to think of what to name the channel and i'm like that that's it right yeah so I registered the domain that night, and then I created the YouTube channel for us, and here we are. Yep. Cool. Uh, Heidi, I'm going to go ahead and mute myself if you want to kick us off for for you. I'm going to try to figure out how to mute yourself. There it is. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm Heidi. I don't really have uh, much going on, but I do stay away from the internet, a lot of the online uh, YouTube interface itself it's not a very comfortable place for me so i will try with this one um what do i have that's similar to two of them is i do ride a honda cbr double r i've been riding for about three years now yes it's a super sport however i believe my heart is still very drawn towards the um roms the monkeys the 125 cc bikes that's what i started on that's what i learned uh, any place I end up visiting or traveling to Mexico, Canada, just because they're close by. It's like it's either you go north or you go south. 
um i would always end up going to these places and be like oh is there like a monkey i could rent is there like a little grandma i could rent to just leisurely zip, zip around and i have a lot of fun doing that um another quirk about me is that also also very different is you'll always see me with a beverage john will probably have a coke derek might have a ramen soda i will be drinking the coffee and it's always black so <laughs> That's just where I'm at. It's very plain Jane in that regards. I don't like to put a lot of sugar on things. I'm, as I like to put, a delightfully blunt individual. I don't like to beat around the bush. I was raised to be extremely concise. And that's just, we're going to have to learn more as we go along. <laughs> that's my short little introduction. Okay. So I think that, um, yeah, absolutely. But Something that you said is that you said you wrote a CBR double R. Uh, I think that you deserve a lot of credit in that it is a CBR 1000 double R. So it is the big boy of that of that family. Um, but uh, <laughs> but a little bit of um, history on on like the question might be, well, OK, like so Heidi's obviously, you know, she rides her motorcycle. You left out um, some of the car stuff, too. But um, Heidi came to us uh, like in a, as, as our friend in the situation. And she was spending a lot of time on the back seat of a motorcycle once the weather is nice here in the Pacific Northwest, which by the way, we're based in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, once the weather gets nice, we switch over to less wheels of sorts, um, sometimes no wheels um, <laughs> on the water. But um, so Heidi spent a lot of time on the back of a motorcycle. And then I saw her riding a bicycle one time and her balance was really good. And so I never wanted the responsibility of trying to teach someone how to ride a motorcycle that could go poorly. And it even recently has gone poorly. But um, yeah, no, I, I kind of looked at Heidi's balance. And I was like, yeah, she probably could do this just fine. So when she talked about how her heart is with these sort of 125 cc's, which by the way, they're a hoot. Uh, I still think we should start a Grom Navy or something at some point. But um, Anyway, uh, yeah, so she started on a Z125 Pro in the backyard, which was soft and grassy. It's a it's a protected wetland uh, that's not wet during the summer, but it's still soft. <clears throat> um, so she she did that really well, went to a Ninja 400 and Ninja 400 up to the CBR 1000. Um, she also sort of got, I don't want to say peer pressured, because it doesn't take a lot of peer pressure um, as far as the car. Uh, when Heidi came to the group as a whole, Heidi was driving a Mazda 3, um, and not that exciting of a Mazda 3, but it was hers and it was, you know, she made it her car, but, um, everyone and uh, the whole world will tell you Miata is almost always the answer, but our social group was saying, oh, get a Miata, get a Miata, get a Miata. So we wind up at a Mazda dealership, unrelated of sorts, and Heidi goes home with a Miata. So... Now the Mazda 3 is gone. She's now on a CBR 1000 RR, um, and she has a very, very pretty um, ND Miata. So I think that's some of the stuff that you left out that I think um, that we'll, we'll get into more as we go. You're absolutely right. Um, uh, yeah, like you're always, oh gosh, anytime that we go, it's like, okay, you know, we're going to go break into a bank and, you know, pillage the vault, but can we stop and get a coffee first? Like, so like, it doesn't matter what we're doing. We have to stop before, during, and after for coffee. So, yeah, that that's Heidi. I think we're only covering half of the drinks there, though. 
in your uh, Fill me in. Fill us in, Derek. I, I don't know. I actually see you drinking more royal tea than just coffee. That's not her fault. Uh, that, that, that's on him. <laughs> that is definitely on John. Oh, okay. So is this a good transition to John's introduction then? Well, to be fair, it came from me originally because John doesn't like coffee. And I'm like, but you want tea? But do you want a little bit of sugar in your tea? No? How about, how about the next day? So it's like a slow transition where I finally got him to eat drinking sweet teas and he hasn't come back yet so it's been good here we go so like we'll jump around straight to that subject um for me uh i am insatiable when it comes to you know like everyone's got their addictions like it could be smoking which actually our joke here is that we're team never smoke none of us have tried a cigarette never anything you know we've never gotten into into drugs at all like of our group or here in the pacific northwest uh marijuana is huge and like we're the people that just that's not us teach their own it's just it's just that's what we haven't done but so maybe we can't really go oh you know like you know how so and so is into cocaine or heroin whatever like wow that's a huge jump but um for me it's food my my addiction is absolutely food and beverage and whatever and so my thing was um i tried really really hard to make sure that um to to sort of offset that gluttony um to have entirely zero calorie beverages so it's just be like water tea things of that nature um and over the last couple of years now now i've reintroduced mexican coke and a lot of like bubble tea boba sort of stuff um, and there is a place called Royalty that is uh, nearby. Shout out to Royalty. Anyway, um, which, by the way, the owner will will probably encounter him next week. Actually, he invited us to uh, a car meet that's being sponsored by Royalty. Um, anyway, uh, he drives a GTR. But uh, yeah, so I, I drink a lot of um, a lot of boba related beverages. And uh, Heidi and I often will go out of our way to try a new boba place. And it's hit and miss. And it's, more often miss because i don't know not everybody can do boba but but anyway well when you find when you find the place you find the place there's only one other place i really want to try and that's in seattle so that's going to be a trip for us yeah so uh that's why you see us with royalty a lot is that um our commute from here to you we pass by royalty and it's it's that gluttony that i'm just like oh let's go stop and get there and and you should oh man you've been with us i think when we when we go in and get it it's just like oh what can we get for you and most people like like a a couple that walks in or something or an individual that walks in that gets a beverage they get a beverage no like we regularly leave with between four and six beverages between the two of us it's not good (laughs) so anyway circling back to the top um yeah, Derek met Derek and I met um, on the rotary scene a number of years ago. Uh, I was actually in my first RX-7. I've owned a few of them since then. Um, I haven't gone back to rotary in a long time, probably about eight years or so. Um, the last rotary that I owned, um, kind of just that was it for me. Uh, I wasn't really in a in a life position where like I wanted this vehicle that was. Um, sorry, I'm gonna mute that. Uh, I wasn't really in a life position where 
Like I wanted a vehicle that required the attention that a lot of rotary platforms do. And so, um, yeah, but but when I say that, I didn't really move into anything that was more reliable. I, I kind of just, it's a nightmare. We'll get into it another time. But um, anyway, uh, then I met, um, I met uh, Heidi in a video game and uh, she came up and visited um, during one of those less reliable vehicle times. I was in a 3000 GT at the time. And <clears throat> uh, anyway, that was, um, yeah, no, that was, that was good. And we lost touch for a little while. Derek and I lost touch for about a decade. Um, we would occasionally interact peripherally like digitally or something, but, but we hadn't seen each other for a while. Same thing with Heidi and I, we hadn't seen each other for like six years, something like that. And then, um, she would occasionally still send me cookies, which is really funny because I really appreciated the gesture. I just don't like cookies. So um, anyway, um, yeah. And then and then she popped back up again when uh, Oregon turned into a war zone and uh, has been around ever since. And so we talked about the integration into the group via motorcycling and cars and things of that nature. Um, as far as vehicle history, like I, uh, I've slowed down quite a bit, but um, yeah, I went through a little bit of everything. I don't really have any major, major loyalties to any type of vehicle. Um, I, for a second there, thought that I was probably uh, a Kawasaki fanboy or, of sorts or very loyal to Kawasaki. But the thing is, I don't think that's true. I think that it's just Kawasaki makes really good things that fall into very specific categories. Like when you look at, um, I don't know, like Ducati or something, like you think, like these super sport or hyper sports. Um, they even have their, what is it? The Diavel or whatever. That's the, it, it's sort of like the urban naked bike or, or whatever. And so, uh, but they only do these, these couple of things. And so, you know, if I was, if I was very interested into urban, I don't know, naked bikes or something, maybe, maybe that would have been on the radar. But the thing is anything that I've looked at, it's like, Oh, maybe a cruiser, maybe a super sport, maybe just a, like a sort of a more upright, relaxed sport bike or a sport tour or something like that. And Kawasaki has a very good offering in every major category of that. And so I just kind of wound up with a lot of Kawasaki's. Um, as it is today, I have a, um, I am driving a Miata as a car, um, but I, I try as much as I can to uh, soak up the summer on two wheels. And so um, I'm going back and forth between a third generation Hayabusa and a um, ZH2, the Kawasaki ZH2, which I've sort of converted into an adventure-ish touring bike, um, just because the ZH2 actually has a decent bit of ground clearance. And um, I've bolted on like a top case and uh, a touring windscreen and, and all kinds of stuff to it. Actually, our next individual video, like our subject matter video, I think, is probably going, like where we go into detail about a project, is probably gonna feature the ZH2. So um, Derek, do you have any thoughts on that, on watching that? Man, it's it's gonna be a hot video. <laughs> okay, <laughs> all right, perfect. So uh, yeah, that's me. Um, I've slowed down quite a bit. I used to go through, I don't know, two or three cars a year, um, but it, it's been the same thing for, I don't know, I've had, three cars in the last three years so that i guess is slower so anyway um 
yeah, that's that's introductions. Is there anything either of you guys can think that either one of us missed about ourselves or each other? I don't know. It's just a lot of information all at once. It's an information dump. I think I may have said something about that halfway through. Okay. <laughs> like this is this is a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, I forgot to, since you mentioned all the vehicles you have right now, yeah. but you skipped one of them. You skipped your zero-wheel vehicle. Oh, yeah. Uh, Derek and I are both both have watercraft as well. Um, I have a, a GTI SE 170, uh, which is um, Can-Am or BRP's Sea-Doo uh, line. Although, although... While we're here, let's actually, let's cover this topic. We'll do a round robin on this topic. Um, that is what I have. My, like, let's cut into, we've covered three separate categories here so far. Cars, motorcycles, and I guess we're going to do watercraft real quick. Um, dream car. I've gotten a lot of flack about this over the years, but realistic dream car <sighs> probably like that i didn't necessarily have to daily drive if i could have another car probably a nice excellent condition uh r32 gtr dream motorcycle probably and i didn't have to worry about a failing body or getting old or anything probably a kawasaki h2 dream watercraft as far as a jet ski specifically because we can get into boats and that's whatever but as far as jet ski I really, really, really wanted and, and probably still want one of the um, Kawasaki 310 LX Ultras or Ultra 310 LX or whatever. The 310 horsepower supercharged four cylinder with headlights that are not headlights. They're headlights. Just don't tell Kawasaki because they, they can't say they're headlights. <laughs> um, Legally yeah. marker lights. Well, it has to be the golden one, right? Well, well, the new one is now like this very olive pretty. green, olive green. I don't color. like it. No, no, Derek will like it, but I don't like it. Uh, olive green is, is hit or miss for me. Well, actually, okay. Like, I don't mean to derail because we definitely need to circle around and say, all right, dream, where do you want to wind up? But Derek and I disagree. We talked about this. There's a disagreement between um, the journey to get there. Like, we agree. You should ride jet skis. Which jet ski you should ride? We're going to differ on that. Derek, you know that the reason that you don't like the 310 is because it is this big, heavy behemoth, right? Did yeah. you know, however, that they have a 160 horsepower, one that is several hundred pounds lighter, that has all of the same amenities, um, so we could ride at night, by the way, um, that is hundreds of pounds lighter. That's a 160. But how many hundreds of pounds lighter? I'm going to look it up. You tell us about uh, your vehicles, your current vehicles, and your dream vehicles. Okay. <clears throat> so while he's looking that up, um, currently, we, we touched on it very briefly, I still have the red Royal Maroon RX-7. It's an 87. It was originally a base model. It was, you know, NA, automatic, four lug, single piston brakes, all the, the poor stuff. I can get into more details on that. I still have that car. So the 87 non-tober RX-7. I have a 91 A package that has been fully converted over to a turbo RX-7. Um, then I have an RX-8 that I use as a daily driver. I have a 4x4 crew cab supercharged Nissan Frontier. It's a 2002. 
Uh, I guess I also have a flatbed, but that's kind of half a vehicle. Uh, I have the Ninja 500, which was mentioned as well. And I have a pair of Sea-Doo XPs. I have a 95 and a 97. Um, so very quickly, since it uh, looks like we're running a little short on time here, we've got about 10 minutes left. Uh, I've got um, some mixed feelings about that 97. Uh, so I want it to go away. I would very much like to replace it with either a 96 Sea-Doo XP, which is the larger 787 engine in the same hull as my 95, because it's a very light hull. It's just over 400 pounds. But to get that extra 20 horsepower over the 95 would be very fun. Alternatively, I think a Sea-Doo Spark Trix with the 90 horsepower engine and a tune on it, you'd have an equivalent Sea-Doo that's probably much more reliable, has a more durable hull. And that's probably what I think is the pinnacle of personal watercraft. You see John scrunched his face right there. No, I'm scrunching my face because it's a hundred pounds weight difference. That's that's not several hundred pounds. It's not. All right. Anyway. Um, so likewise, uh, that's where I'm at on the, the watercraft for Dream Watercraft. Um, going backwards, the motorcycle... I'd like to be on an H2 eventually. That is very, very much a dream bike there. Uh, I still feel like it would be a lot for me right now because it's 525 pounds and 200 horsepower. And that's quite different from my Ninja 500. So we'll have a conversation about that later. Um, dream car. Uh, realistic, I would say an Infiniti RX-7, but that's pretty much what my 91A package with the full turbo swap is. It even has Infiniti seats in it, so I'm not really missing anything there. Um, I'll say my unrealistic dream car would be a Ferrari F40. It's the only Ferrari that I actually really like all the, the lines and everything about. So, And the truck, I don't know. A Nissan that magically gets better fuel economy. <laughs> Heidi, how about some dream vehicles? Um, I think this is to be announced. I can't give you, like, I haven't logically approached this one yet. So. I'm not sure there's much logic involved here. Uh, there's definitely logic involved in this. There's something that looks pretty and then something that looks pretty, but actually aesthetic. Um, I think John and I put together, he's like, hey, your next car minus the Miata, even though it's cute and it's, it's fun, it is a toy, which I agree. It's not a sports car, even though it may look like that. It's literally a toy car in my mind's eye, just of the amount of horses it has, what it, what it is, it, it's, it's a toy. Um, if I was to upgrade from that, I would go to a Porsche 911. And I really aesthetically like it. It has all the oomph I could ever want. And it has all the customization I could ever want. So right now, that is a dream right there. So for the viewer or listener, um, Heidi is not very uh, watercraft centric. Um, and her approach is 
very different than the same thing as Derek and I. Like uh, her approach to vehicles is is a little different. Um, yeah, we did. We so to sort of address that, um, we did do a car configurator. Uh, we we put together said, hey, what's really important in a vehicle to you as an individual, Heidi? And that that is an impractical car, like a practical impractical car. And uh, Heidi's biggest thing that I've noticed, my takeaway from Heidi, is that first and foremost, it has to be pretty. And thankfully, pretty usually falls in line with performance as well. It's not always the case, but but often enough that it wasn't a challenge to get something fun and, and interesting. But uh, yeah, so we put together um, a configuration on the, uh, I think it was the Porsche 911 Carreras that uh, we looked at. And so she's able to get um, far more practicality than in day-to-day -day use anyway, than a Miata out of it. Um, more storage space, more comfort, more amenities, all-wheel drive, way more horsepower, um, things to that nature. Um, but we also talked about uh, motorcycles, looking for the, the right leader bike for Heidi. Um, she addressed it kind of in the same way that you do, Derek. Derek's like thought is lighter is better always almost always I, I agree with that like um right. that's why i went with the honda because i like um being agile um especially because i can I, I feel i'm a part of it whereas like when i ride john's bikes i i feel like it's it's riding me to some degree i i'm like i don't feel connected to this or it's the cbr it's like okay this is what i weigh this is what I know I weigh and I can just convert it. Sure. I can, it just can be with a flick of your wrist and you're just like, oh, here you go. But we've seen, like, if we talk about like a dream bike for you, we've seen things that I think, I, I could be wrong, um, uh, that I think pique your interest. Like, I think philosophically you were drawn to Yamaha's, like the R1 um a little bit. Uh, it I, is because I'm a music major. Like I, I'll say it straight out. Like I, I come from a music background and Yamaha has always kind of been like the forks. And I'm like, ah, I need to, I'm trying to steer away from it, but at the same time I'm drawn to it because I know the amount of perfection that goes into the machinery with it. So for the listener or viewer, um, Yamaha pre-World War II, I think was um, strictly like I think a piano company and so their symbol on their vehicles is a tuning fork like in uh, like a uh, like an audio tuning fork yeah three tuning forks so um but so you've you've looked at that i also know that you've looked in a wow this will never be realistic kind of way um at some of the ducatis that perform very aggressively but are also even lighter than the honda the problem is it's like sort of a diminishing return on the cost <laughs> I can't justify it. I really can't because of just a straight up you, the moment you break in the bike, it's like, okay, well, there you have to go take an your oil change. And like, I have both of you guys, you guys teach and can do my oil changes for me. But then when it comes to Ducati for the simplest of things, I it's like, okay, you got to take it in. And there's like, what, up to 15 to about $2,000 for just like the break-in period. And I'm like, I'm not made of the greens yet. <laughs> so. Sure. Cool. Okay, so we got about two minutes before this video comes to an end. Uh, and we actually did want to cover another uh, bit of subject matter where we kind of wanted to talk about 
the purpose of the channel, the how and the why, the subjects that you uh, could expect to see. Um, and obviously reach out in comments if there's something uh, that you see in any of our videos where you go, oh, I want to know some more history on that and, and talk about that thing. I think any of us here would be more than happy to to go over that in the history of, of the lifespan of this channel. But um, we're not obviously going to have time on this recording. How do you want to handle that, Derek? Do you want to kill it? We'll take a nine minute break, um, go refresh our beverages and then come back and kick it off and we'll just conjoin two videos together or we kill this one now and then have a part two like call the first one personal introduction second one channel introduction yeah let's let's cut it here and do the second one as a separate video cool just you know gives people a break to go and get a drink as well in Perfect. between awesome sounds good i'll see you guys in a little bit